five, four, three, two, one, and we are live. We are live. We're thankful and grateful for your presence this morning, as well as those that are listening, our listening uh, audience, those that are view the uh, broadcast uh, from the means that they are using, whether it be some type of technology. We're thankful for your listening in. Uh, as we also want to share, too, um, uh, with the book Dr. Manley uh, has, uh, uh, Plain and Simple. And not only does he have um, uh, books available, but it's also on Amazon uh, as well now. So you can go on Amazon.com and, and find the book, and it's also uh, with uh, ebook as well. So you can read it from there. So we uh, ask that, um, if you would, to go there and uh, our listening audience, uh, go and, and, and uh, be able to uh, read the book. Amen. It, I call it a book of wisdom, a, a book of wisdom. So we are thankful and we are grateful uh, for that word of God that's written and plain and simple. Thank you, sis. Good morning, church. I want to thank everybody for showing up this morning. <clears throat> and I want you to know that I appreciate you and Brenda does too. And I know that all of us appreciate each other. Amen. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. The sixth chapter, verse 12 is where we're going to start. Our title today is, Are You Battle Ready? Are you battle ready? <clears throat> you know, we had a time in the church where the only thing that the people seem to be getting is what God's going to do and what God is going to do and God's going to bless you with this and bless you with that. We've uh, seemed to me like we've lost the message and the mass majority of the people are going toward that. Just like Jesus said, wide is the road, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many shall go therein. And I think it's a shame for all of us, for us to, including myself, to be in church and still find ourselves not being counted in that number with Jesus Christ. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? Uh, how many of y'all believe this is a real thing? Or do you believe that it's just a social gathering, you know? Because the church today seems to me like they're teaching a social gospel and the, the everybody think they're, that they're, they're preparing, the, 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 the leaders are preparing the people to live down here as if down here is going to be forever. But the scripture, the Bible is all about eternal life and the battle that we are faced with trying to maintain and then attain eternal life. Amen? Amen. We find ourselves fighting against one another as if it is us that is our enemy, but the Bible here tells us something different. Let's look at verse 12. Let's pray right quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you this morning for being able to Come before you, Father God, in the presence of your angels and in the presence of you, Father God. And I ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you will continue to bless us and keep us, Father God. Show us the way, the mighty way. And show us your hand at all times, Father, so that we may be comforted 
by your will and not by our own. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. amen. Are you battle ready? The Bible says in verse 12 of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, which are the first created beings of God, against powers, which are the authorities over mankind, against rulers of the darkness of this world, which is the prince of this air and his fallen angels, and spiritual against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the evil purposes and desires through the demonic forces. Now, what God is, is saying to us, first of all, before we can be battle ready, we've got to know what we're fighting, right? So the first thing God tells us is that we're not fighting against each other. So that's the big thing right there. See, we feel that we're fighting against each other sometimes, right? But you see, there is an unseen force behind it, and God is trying to tell us what it is so that we can learn to fight a new way of fighting. See, we got to learn a new way of fighting. Amen? Everybody fighting with guns and killing and bombs and things of that nature. But we've got to find a new way of fighting, people, because what we're doing is we're fighting each other, but we're fighting the wrong enemy. Amen? Amen. Are you with me this morning? No. Ephesians 6.12, these different categories, the powers, the principalities, uh, the rulers of darkness of this world and the spiritual wickedness in high places, these are spiritual degenerates. And these spiritual degenerates, I'm going to hurt some feelings this morning in the pulpit out there, uh, these spiritual degenerates, how many of y'all know that they are working effectively through the fivefold ministry of God? Amen? It's the fivefold ministry of the devil, and they keep turning themselves into angels of light, and what they're preaching sounds good to you, but it won't get you eternal life. It'll get you your stuff, and you will jump for it, and you'll praise them, but I'm, I'm here to straighten out some things up in here today. I'm going, uh-huh, I'm here to straighten out some things here because, see, we're getting prepared for the wrong thing. We're not battle ready. You see? We're not battle ready. We're getting prepared for a rabbit when there's a bear out there, and it's a grizzly bear at that. And, and, and the thing is, is that the, the, the claw of the beast is closing in on us, and we're sleeping. We're all sleeping. So we're in a dangerous position right now. The church is in a dangerous position right now. The word of the Lord says in Peter that judgment starts and begins in the house of the Lord first. And if it begins there, what does it appear? You know, if a righteous man is scarcely saved, that's a righteous man. That's a man that's doing right. It says if a righteous man is scarcely saved, then what's going to happen to the masses? What does the sinner appear? You see, what does the sinner appear? Some of us, we won't even in the church, we don't even give a sacrifice of praise to God. And then some of us that do think that it's all about hollering and all of that, but no, 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 no. It's about what's in your heart, people. This thing is all about what's in your heart. And it's not about what's in your so-called emotional standpoint with this thing. Now, I know that I'm telling the truth because if you go to 
Colossians, the third chapter, verses 1 through 3. Let's go there, would you? The book of Colossians, the third chapter, verse 1 through 3. Are we there? I'll show you something. Hear the word of the Lord. If ye, that's you, that's me, if ye then be risen with Christ, how many, how, how many of us are risen with Christ in the house? I need to see a show of hands. I'm going to ask this question again. I want to see hands. How many are risen with Christ? So we got some folk in here that ain't risen with Christ. So we got some folk in here that need to get saved. So come on up here. You need to get saved. We call, uh-uh, you need to get saved. If you're not risen with Christ, you need to come on up here and let, let's get it this thing straight. Because I don't want to preach to people who, don't, who want to remain unsaved. This is not a social club. See, we're in spiritual warfare. We're in a dangerous time. See, see, man, people are dying left and right, just riding down the road, and people running out. They can't even ride on them. Drive on a two-lane highway no more. They running over everybody. If ye then be risen with Christ, it tells us to seek those things which are where? They ain't say nothing about God going to get you this. So we're we're preaching the wrong message. And the people are gullible and they're going for it because they're tickling ears. See, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken you know what. I don't care how hard you try. Now, I'm going to preach this word today. I'm going to preach this word today. He said, we're supposed to be looking, and I'm going to preach it through the word of God. The Bible says that we're supposed to be seeking those things which are above, which Christ sitteth on, the right hand of God. Then it goes in verse 2, and it says, set your affections, not on cars, not on money, not on your job, not on another spouse, not on clothes, not on this, not on that, not on earthly things, but it says, set your affection above. So if I'm up here preaching this word, I'm supposed to be preaching this word on things that are above and not on things that are below. Time for some real preachers to stand up and cut all this old foolishness out. He said, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And if he's up top, then what am I doing down low? Why, 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 why do I think so low? Why do we think so low? So we got the fivefold ministry of the enemy in the pulpit claiming it to be of God. Because Satan, the Bible says, keep turning himself into an angel of light. And he said, marvel not in the book of 2 Corinthians that his ministers do the same thing. They look real, but they counterfeit. 
And if you ain't studied and made yourself approved of God as a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth, you're going to be damned by the following, the preachings and the teachings of this bull you know what that they got out here. I'm going I'm to keep this house straight anyway. I'm going to keep this house straight. I'm going to speak the truth about it up in here. And whoever's got the, the gumption to listen to it out there in the world, which is a lot of them, because there are some people that want to hear the truth. Amen? Amen. God's going to do this and God's going to do that. God said it's finished. You need to get to step in. And let me tell you something. You can't get what God got unless you get where Christ is. He ain't on the cross no more for those of you that are saved. But for those that you are not saved, you need to come on up here where he can get on off that cross for you. And you can get up there with him. Then you will understand where the rest of us are and why we believe the way we believe. Because let me tell you something. Something will happen to you. You still gonna have trouble. That's why I'm asking the question. God want me to ask y'all the question: Are you battle ready? Are you ready for battle? Yes, Are you really? Yes, Are you really? Because God will put something on you and make you wish you had to say it, Amen. So you better think about that first. Sometimes you got to think about this thing. Look at Matthew 4, I mean Matthew 12, 43. We're going to deal with what it is that we're dealing with and what it is that we're fighting, okay? Matthew 12, 43. Can I get my men to put it up there, please? Yeah. I got a powerful crew back there now, a professional crew. They're all working in conjunction with each other now, and I like that. Look at the word of God, Matthew 12, 43. It says, when an unclean spirit, that's a demon. Amen? Amen. Notice what it do. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, look what he does. He do what? He walks. Good God Almighty. He walks through dry places. You know them places that we walk through where ain't nothing going on. And, and that's some dry places. Well, that's where those unclean spirits, you know. He's seeking rest and he finds none. That's why I always tell y'all about when they're in these so-called deliverance services and these demons, they, they, they're jumping out of people. See, they transfer. In order to transfer, you don't transfer like this. You transfer. Demons walk. Fallen angels fly. We're going to deal with that. Demons walk. That's why we got to be careful about who it is that we're rubbing up against and who it is that we're touching and who it is that we're lying down beside. See, we got to be careful about all this stuff because, see, demons transfer because they walk in. They're looking for a dry place to try to get in. And that's how they get in, through the dry places in us. He's walking through that dry place, but now he don't like it being dry. He don't like that. But 
He goes in through our dry place so that he can get to the water that's in us. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. See, I just threw something out there real strong. He's after the flow of the waters of God in us. But he, the living water. Because, see, he's a succubus and an incubus. You know, he's like a mistletoe on a tree. He, it looks pretty, but it's killing the tree. Uh-huh. Look real pretty. See? Church look real pretty. Big church. But it's a mistletoe. And it's killing the people of God. Because everybody want a photo op. Because everybody want to be recognized. But the only thing that needs to be recognized is Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen up in the house? Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't deal with low-level chunks. I don't care how much money they got. I don't care about your popularity because ain't none greater than Jesus. As long as I'm serving the king, I'm in good shape. Because I remember my fever chef, he sat at the king's table. He was crippled, huh? But you couldn't see his crippleness. Because the table he had, see, the blood of Jesus Christ, the table that we sit at now hides our crippleness. You understand? When you're sitting at the king's table. But you can't sit at the king's table if you caught up on what's down here. You, 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 you can't do that. So, world out there, if you're under them kind of teaching, you need to change horses. You're on the wrong horse. You're on the wrong horse. But before you can understand and realize what the right horse is, you got to study and make yourself approved so that you can ride and divide the world of truth so that you can know what a real horse is and what a fake one is. You might be on a jackass or a donkey and don't even know it. And in this day and time, you don't need to be riding no jackass and no donkey. And you definitely don't need to be following nothing that's dumber than you or just as dumb as you. Because any time you following something just as dumber than you or dumb as you, then you find the wrong thing. That's why we ought to be led by God and not by ourselves. Because when we lead ourselves, somebody say we have a wreck. Am I in the house? Am I in the world today? Demons walk. But Revelation 14, 6. Go there, please. Revelation 14, 6. Talks about what angels do. Revelation 14, 6. And I saw another angel do what? Fly. Demons walk, but angels fly. Even the fallen ones. That's why in the book of that's why in the book, in, in, in the book of, of uh, where is it, where the, 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 the demons uh, or the prince of the, of, of the air, the prince of the air is Satan and, he, and his fallen angels. Is that in Colossians or either in Ephesians? It's one of the two, but I believe it's in Colossians, which it talks about the prince of the air. That's Satan and his force of fallen angels. Now, what about these demons? See, Minister Adams and I was talking about this last Sunday. You see, these demons, and I researched it, 
And these demons, they come from the spirit of the Nephilims, the Nephilims. You see, so what happened was, when the angels came down, had sex with the women, they were giants, known as the Nephilims. Amen? The book of Genesis. When the flood came, because of all the wickedness and stuff, the Nephilims were drowned, but their spirit still walks the earth. Those are the demons. That's why demons walk. But the fallen angels are still in the first heaven, the prince of the air. Are we making sense to you? So one of them we breathe it in because it's in the air. Don't we breathe in the air? So if you ain't got Christ, we like to do anything. And we still do some things that we ain't got no business even with Christ. Well, y'all don't talk to me, see, because I, I got some folk in here that's all perfect and stuff. See, I can't get no amen. But you see, I got some problems that I deal with. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? It's my problems that have gotten me where I am today. Because without that, I wouldn't have had the push power. You understand? So you got to learn how to embrace your shortcomings and your problems. You got to learn how to embrace them and just go ahead on and be passionate about it. Let it move you. And don't let people put you in a frame, their frame. You see, if I didn't have children in the house, I'd say it like a minute. You know what I'm saying? But y'all know what you, what people can go. They can go to, mm-hmm, y'all say it. Yeah, y'all say it. Uh-huh, y'all say it. See, y'all say it. That's where they can go. That's where they can go. Because, see, we're already trying to get battle ready, right? We're already going through hell, right? And then you got JoJo over here and old, and old Susie Mae coming over here. Well, you know the Lord said, and you, I'll smack you. I'm already going through. And I know about what the Lord said more than the average person. But sometimes, you know, you, you know, Job's friends was doing good until they opened their mouth. Job's wife was doing good until she opened her big mouth. And then it just messed up everything. Because, see, they touched right on that sore place. You know what I'm saying? Right on that sore place. You know, they stomped on it. That's what people will do. They go right to that sore spot. They won't go to that place with this heel and, and comfort that and deal that up. No. They like that sore spot. That's where they're going to get. They're going to go right to it. Bang. And then they're going to say, no, I wasn't saying it like that. Now what you's a lie. The devil is a stinking lie. You were saying it like that. And you're not man or woman enough to admit it. I'm in the house. I'm going to preach. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So you see, we got all these demons out here walking around. And that's why the Bible says, don't lay your hand suddenly on no man, you know, because them things are transferred. You got to be careful with that. So go to Mark sixteen seventeen. Mark sixteen seventeen. Mark sixteen seventeen puts it like this: Jesus said, "Now these, some things are going to follow you." When you come into my kingdom, and one of them things that's going to follow you is that you will be able to cast out devils. Now, in the Bible, 
that word devil there don't always mean the same thing or the same person or whatever, you know. In this particular text, it means you should cast out demons. Okay? Now, there are places in the Bible where it speaks of that old devil, the accuser of the brethren, is talking about Satan. That's why you have to know the Hebrew and the Greek, the original, so that you can get some understanding. Because you think that word means the same thing all the way across, but it doesn't. He said you will cast out what? Devils, which are demons, them things that's walking. Amen? Because them things in the air, they're not going to come in and live in your house. You'll breathe in the influences of them. But they're not going to take up residence. That, that's the demon's job. See, that's the demon's job. The demon, when he come in there, see, he looking for, he like a bow weaver. He looking for a home. You know, he looking for a home. He, he, he don't care whether it's a Levi or whether it's a Nike or, or whatever it is that's out there, a Reva. He could care less. A bow weaver is a, a cotton ball is a cotton ball to a bow weaver. And he does not care whose name is on it. Because he's just looking for a home. That's all the boat we would care about. We don't all them fools that care about what the... <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, boat we got... Oh, we got... Didn't I just tell you any time we follow something as dumb as ourselves, we going wrong? Didn't I just say that? Yeah. Maybe we ought to look at the boat weaver. Follow him for a while. We'll have more money in our pocket. Amen. Amen. Boy, I'm tearing this house up today. Lord have mercy. I just saw somebody counting us drop on them. Lord, no, you're a bow weevil smarter than me? Yeah. Sometimes. It's all right. He said, now look here. You're going to cast out some devils with your demons. Now, if you don't think demons exist, all you got to do is put yourself on camera sometime and let us see how we really act sometime. And we'll be able to see that demon that's done transferred itself into us. We'll be able to see some things. Amen? Mm-hmm. It's all right to see some things. But here we go. Look here. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. Go to... 1 Corinthians 6, verses 18. Paul's talking about something here. Over there. Amen. See that word fornication? That's a dangerous word. Show you something. Paul said we ought to flee it, right? Why? Because every sin that a man doeth is outside of his body, right? Except or but he that committed what? Fornication. What does he do? He sinned against his own body. Why is that? First of all, in order to understand this, we need to understand what fornication is. <clears throat> fornication is illicit out of control sex in every way, form, and fashion. Every, in every way, form, and fashion. And there's a lot of ways to pervert that. And it goes ever which kind of way. He says, now, we don't need, put that back up there, sir. He says, now, 
The one that commits fornication sins against his own body. Why? Because, remember I told you about them demons walking? Now, watch this. When the angels came down to the women, they came down because they were sex hungry. Am I right about it? That's all that was on their mind, right? Okay. Like father, like son. They had the Nephilims. When the spirit came out of the Nephilim was the demons, right? The demons are sex-hungry demons, right? That's why you got so crazy stuff going on in the world because of the fornication. Put it back up there, son. Now, look here. Knowing that fornication covers everything under the sun that we ought not be doing sexually, but the reason why is because we open up through fornication, we open up these various forms of illicit sex. We open up the portals that will allow the demon to come in. Now we're sinning against our own body now, see, because now we've taken in something that's there to control and kill us. Because now we're filled with lustful desires and everything else. And you can't get no peace when your heart and your mind is filled with lust. There's no peace there. And lust goes in many different ways, you know. I mean, you can be lusting for food, you know. That thing works on every, see, see that thing works on every way, form, and fashion. It's just dangerous to mess with. So y'all understand what we're saying about fornication now, right? You got a better, clearer understanding about it. Why well, it says that every other sin is outside the body. But see, we invite in the devil. We invite in the demons. When, when we allow ourselves to be involved in fornication. Now, now that we know what we're battling, how do we get what we call battle ready? Let's look at Ephesians, the 6th chapter, verse 13. And God tells us to put on something here. What did he say put on? He said, put on the armor of God. I wish I had a church that had a mouth that, would, that could talk. The Bible said, wherefore, take unto you, not part of the armor of God, but all, the whole armor of God, which is the protection of God. Why? So that you may be able to stand within the evil day. And having done all to stand, it goes on to say next verse, stand anyway. Next verse. After you done stood, after you done did everything that you can do, let me tell you something. Now y'all can say what you want to. But in the midst of standing, it'll wear you out. It will. Be honest. But he says that we need to stand there for So what we got to learn to do now, we know how to stand. But we got to get to this part of the stand. After you done stood as long as you could, we usually collapse. We got to get to that level. Stand anyway. That's the level we got to get to next. Y'all with me on this? I mean, this is a spiritual word. This is an eternal word. You need to, it makes you look inside yourself and, see, and let us see where we're coming up short at. Well. Instead of preaching you all about this stupid stuff out here. The word of God is supposed to tighten us up so that we can be presented before God as an unblemished church. 
We got to get this thing back where it belongs. And the only way that we're going to get it back where it belongs, and it's going to be hell on the preachers that do it, is that they ain't going to like us. They ain't going to like us because we're hurting their money. We're hurting their prestige. We're hurting their, their knowledge because, see, they got the church thinking one way, and the church ought to be thinking up top. I want to hear a word. I'm going to hear a word from Prophet Bobo and Prophetess Susie and whoever else you go to listen to. And, and, all, and you're going. You're not going to hear how you're going to get to eternal life. You're going for some old jack-legged joker to tell you a lie to make you feel good. And you grab a hope to it like a fool, and it don't never come true. But let me tell you something that will come true. Jesus Christ. Latch on to that prophecy. Because the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. That's what God's word say. He says, stand therefore having your loins. Girl, about loins is your procreation. That means your ability to create. Having your loins girt about with truth. That's the first piece of the whole armor or the whole protection of God is making sure that whatever it is that we're creating in this world, making sure that we're creating it out of the truth of God. That's the first part of the armor. Exercising truth in our creative ability. Amen? Are, are you with me? The second one is, is having on the breastplate of righteousness. We're just about done. We're going to be here. We're going to wrap it up. The breastplate of righteousness represents the fact that God is protecting us through our right acts. See, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, not by the man himself. The only thing a man can direct himself in is into hell. That's all. He's not able. He's not capable. He's up against too much. That's why I wrote that book, Plain and Simple, because we got to get back to what's plain and simple. The only thing a man what's going on in there? Go in there and pull that thing out. Hurry up. Pull it out of that uh, side of that. Uh. But anyway, God is telling us that we have to have that protection of God through our righteous acts, the breastplate of righteousness. Amen? Thank you, Chair. The next thing is, is that in verse 15, that our feet, the way we're walking, has to be shodded with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen? You see, when we're walking, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the sons of God. So when we walk, we got to be walking not to cause chaos and not to cause dissension. Now, that don't mean walk around and be a punk. That don't mean that. Sometimes you've got to knock that out in order to bring peace. But your objective is to bring peace and order. And sometimes you've got to stand in strength to bring peace and order. That's why Jesus went into the temple twice, in the beginning and in the end, 
And he whooped them money changes up out of there. But then he didn't touch the doves because the dove represents the Holy Spirit. He looked at them and he said, my house can become a house of prayer. But he whooped up everything up in there. I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus wasn't running around here mealy-mouthing. Nah, you got the wrong Jesus. He looked like a lamb, but in him was a lion. That's why when he come back, he coming like a lion. The lion was still in him. Don't you think it wasn't? If it wasn't, a, I tell you what, you think about it. You go up in the big, go down there to First Baptist. And turn over the money changers. See how much courage it took for Jesus to do that. If you think that he was weak. If you, just, just imagine yourself going up in there and doing that. You have knots all over your head. Unless you go up in there right. Now when you go up in there and the thought and the power of God, everything got to... They got to go. And see, Jesus went up in there. He went up in there all the way live. He didn't go up in there asking them to do nothing. He said, no, this is my father's house, and my father's house is a house of prayer. But you've made it a den of thieves. This ain't going to work. Is not the church a den of thieves now? Boy, it's tight up in here today. It's tight up in here today. goes on and he says now look verse 16 he says above all you got to take up the shield of faith so that you'll be able to quench the, all the fiery darts of the wicked well here it is this is an eternal thing right and those of us who know war you take that shield and you ward off the enemy and what he's throwing at you we have to learn to see through faith, the shield of faith. We got to learn how to see within ourselves when them thoughts are coming. We got we to gotta learn how to use that shield to ward this stuff off. Because what's happening is, is that we're not using the shield of faith correctly. And we're allowing too many fiery darts to get into our household and into our lives. Amen? One thing I like about this church, among many things, is that we do like the truth. We don't want no preacher coming up in here telling us no lies. We already been lied to all week long. And then you got to come to church and be lied to? Come on, man. What good is that going to do you? Keep preaching there. I preach it long enough. They'll get to liking it. Verse 17 says that, and take up the helmet of salvation, which is the protection of your soul. Uh-huh. You got you, you to have in your mind, you know, to protect your soul. And last but not least, you got to have the word of the Spirit, which is the, or the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. See, 
We got to learn how to use this word because the word is the sword. Now, it don't do you no good to have a sword and you don't know how to use it. <laughs> what good is that word going to do you if you don't never use it, huh? What good is that word going to do? What good is it going to do you to come up in here and hear the word and then don't use the word? You might well not hear it. Because the thing is, when you hear it, you're responsible then. But it's a sad day to, to have a sword. And you even know how to use it, but you won't use it. That's sad. And the enemy come in. And you know that a sword will take care of it, but you won't use the sword. And that's part of your armor to fight with. There are six parts to the armor of God. I just named them. And six is the number of man. There is nothing to cover the back of the saint because the saint ain't never supposed to be running. He's supposed to be going forward at all times. His back is always supposed to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. As long as he's going forward, he's okay. That's why they don't have no back piece on it. Six is the number of man. We have to put all six pieces on for this thing to be effective. And then he goes on and say, and always be watching and praying, you know, in supplication with all prayers for the saints. Amen? So, I know praying is not easy to do all the time. And all of us aren't prayer warriors. I'm not one. My gifts are my gifts, but God has others whose gifts are their gifts. And we all make up the body of Christ. That's why everybody's important. And that's why God sent all the soldiers in. Because Brendan and I, we, we were thinking, and probably Norris and him too, we were thinking we were going to be short today as far as getting this thing out. And then all of a sudden, God sent all the troopers in, the real troopers. He, he, he didn't send no sometimers. He sent the real troopers. Because in the time of war, you need the real troopers. Amen? Amen. Let's give God some praise then. Come on up, baby. 